Today's episode of Bachelor Party is brought to you by Cape Line, our presenting sponsor. New Cape Line sparkling cocktails take you to a place where your wildest expectations meet real possibilities. These super delicious bubbly twists on classic cocktails have all the flavors you expect from a margarita, a hard strawberry lemonade, or a blackberry mojito. And they're made with just six simple ingredients and nothing artificial. And on top of that, they're simple to enjoy. Straight out of the fridge or on the go, just pop open the can. Or if you're feeling extra fancy, looking at you, wine drinkers, pour one over ice. It's beautiful. Go to capeline.com to find out where to buy these seriously delicious sparkling cocktails. Celebrate responsibly, everyone. 2019 Cape Line Beverages, Memphis, Tennessee. And now let's batch. Welcome to Bachelor Party, presented by Cape Line. I'm Juliette Littman. It's a truly momentous day here in the studio. I am joined by the one and only Chris Harrison. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you, too. Um, you got me to do something I never do. What's that? I came into Los Angeles. <laughs> so you live in the valley, right? Uh, no, I live further out than that. Oh, wow. Uh, I guess it is technically a valley, but it's not the San Fernando Valley. How long I was your commute the, here? Uh, an 10, hour. It's 1030. Yeah, that's yeah, not really prime commuting time. It, there's no such thing as prime commuting time. But I, so I stay out of L.A. Okay. I don't come to this city. It drives me crazy. I don't love it. Um, Did you ever live in the city? No. Never. Never. No, I'm not a West Side guy. Not. A, I don't okay. love Los Angeles. Interesting. Well, I live good. out. I live out in the sticks, not too far, honestly, from the Bachelor Mansion. That's in Agoura Hills, not in Malibu, as I like to point Correct. out. Correct. Very often. Uh, it's. We like to say it's Malibu adjacent. <laughs> it is. Well, it is Malibu. It's adjacent. very Malibu adjacent. <laughs> it's almost there. If you crane your neck high enough to the right, you can kind of <laughs> see Malibu. Uh, but yeah, I live out there. I live in the hills, and I love it. Oh, and, lovely. I, I grew up in Texas, so I need space. Right. I don't like people. That's not true. You have to like people no, for I your do. job. I'm a people person, but You're... I get enough. I get enough people at work that I, I I need my space. I like to know my neighbors and sure. the simple life. Well, thank you for coming. It's yeah. a true delight. I just feel like there's like so much to talk about. I don't. There is a lot. I don't really know where we're gonna begin, but we'll just keep it easy and we'll talk about. Well, Hannah. since I've walked in, we've talked. Uh, the Rewatchables podcast. Yes, we've we talked have. sports. Uh, we've talked rom com. So we have a lot of ways to go. There, it's true. Let's start with Hannah. Should we talk about the Bachelor? No, Bachelorette. Yeah. Eh, we can. Okay, let's dabble in that, and then we'll go off. Great, perfect. You're you're hosting. Just want to point out. You get to a microphone, and you can't not host. I like it. Thank you very much. I am not good being interviewed. <laughs> well, thank you all the no, more for not coming. A good, not a good patient. So you just got back from filming, from production. Yeah, we just wrapped up. Uh, the Bachelorette's always very interesting because of the timing. The Bachelor, we try to give our post-production time for the holidays. We wrap up around Thanksgiving. We give them Thanksgiving Technically, we try to give them Christmas and New Year's. We don't because ABC will end up ordering 50 more hours of TV and they work overtime through the holidays anyway. But the idea is they get the holidays off. We always premiere the first Monday in January. Which this year was January 1st was a Monday, I think. And so that's why we have that break. Uh, The Bachelorette, you don't need that break. There's no holidays and we roll right into it. And the timing is just tough because the Bachelor is ending. We need a little time for it to end. We can name our bachelorette. Logistically, it is brutal. And we roll right in and we are just wrapping up the show and it's already on the air. Yeah, it's amazing. And, yeah. th- and I think it got pushed up two weeks on air this year. It did. Do you uh, know so, why? Uh, ABC is ordering more hours. I mean, amazing. the show, the show, there is this insatiable appetite and the show does so well for them. The ratings are so huge. It's, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll get to some point of diminishing returns with the numbers and, and the revenue that they pull in. But so far, they haven't reached that. And so right. they, they, the reason we did that special, the reunion special, was they wanted to back it up two weeks. We just couldn't be on the air in right. time. We were still 
in the middle of taping the show. Yeah, you were in production when that aired. So I think the middle ground was let's create a special where we will kind of introduce Hannah, but we're going to make it more about our bachelorettes. And it worked out today. It was the 15th anniversary of the show. Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it. It was like fun to go back. And for, yeah. for you, so there were, um, including Hannah, there were mm-hmm. 12 of 15 bachelorettes right. there. What's it like for you? You're the constant. That you're the only thing in this show that has not changed. Right. So you and Mike Fleiss, basically, yes. since the beginning. And so what's it like to go back and have both Trista and Becca in the same house? Yeah, there's a few. There's like Mike, obviously the creator of the show, myself. Uh, there's a, a woman named Nicole Woods, uh, who's now an executive producer. And, cool. Um, Congratulations to her. Uh, Martin Hilton has been there since day one, who's the president of the company as well. So there's like a handful of us that have been there since day one. Not, not, I'm the only one in Mike in our, in our same job. Everybody else, obviously, has come to the ranks. I've heard that Um, Martin has a real lore to him, though I've never met him. But he I, that's, likes that's the to word be on the, street about Martin. the wizard. He de- he does not like anyone to look behind the curtain. He does not like to be seen or heard. He's smart. He he makes me take all the bullets. He pushes <laughs> me out to do all of this, and he gets to sit home and count his money. It's it's really a great gig. Um, but that special was really caught me off guard. I I wasn't expecting to be so touched, so moved, so emotional with the whole thing. Just seeing all the girls back, they they're all near and dear to my heart. But they also represent something in my life. Trista represented something very important, you know, not only for the show, but also just me personally as my first bachelorette. My life was changing. Right. Um, So I always, when people say, what's your favorite season? What are your favorite things? I get what people are asking and I, I will give them that. There's there's highlights and I know the highlights to hit. But really what hits me are, are moments in my life. Yeah, so like what are like the inflection points that you can recall off the top of your head? Like Trista must have been like, wow, this franchise is a success. Yeah. We're doing Bachelorette It was right now. before Trista. It was really Bachelor number two, not Alex Michelle. Alex Michelle was good, but there was the summer. We, we actually started in the spring of 2002. Then the summer happened and there was this crazy groundswell and by the time we got to the fall, which was Aaron Berge number two, <laughs> I, I just, I didn't, it was, you know, Bill, Bill always does a good job of equating everything to sports. That's sure. what I, I do too. It was rookie year. I made it to the Super Bowl, NBA finals, whatever. I won the Masters first time. I, I had no frame of reference. I didn't understand. Right. I knew it was big. I knew my life was changing, but I couldn't comprehend how because I had no perspective on what was happening to my life. I, I could just tell my life is now different. Right. And, and I didn't technically even mean for it to happen. I just, it was this wave and I was on this wave and there was no getting off. That, and then Trista was a big part of that too. And Trista actually is our highest rated show from start to finish. Really? I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. Aaron Berge, cool. if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, which technically, usually I am, uh, <laughs> I think we had 33 million viewers for the God. finale of Aaron Berge, which is insane. Like no show gets that anymore. Like Game, no. Game of Thrones was reported. This premiere was reported. Six to have or seven, seven million. I think it was actually, it was 17. Okay. Because, but like that to me, even I was like, that's kind of small in my opinion. Like I would compa- question that. I don't think that's correct. Uh, and, yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, no. But, no, but just it, to your, to your point, like 33 million is a number that shows don't get to anymore. No, it was, it outdrew the Oscars. It outdrew the world series. I remember sports illustrated, you know, doing the sign of the apocalypse was the bachelor outdrew. Yeah. The World Series. And then Trista <laughs> was our biggest from start to finish. Just Amazing. ratings. The ratings were insane. It was a different time back then, clearly. Yeah. Um, also, as far as television. Was new. Yeah, there was, and you know, the Survivor had been on, you know, if you want to get into the real world and all that, the minutiae of, of all that. But as far as the modern day yes. network, 
it was Survivor and then us. Yes. And that was it. Survivor was was really changing television. And then we came along and then we were the number one show. And then, you know, a year later, Idol came around and stuff like that. Right. And Survivor and The Bachelor are both still here and both yeah. still thriving. Still, I mean, me, the Bachelor, me and Probst the, just still going strong. <laughs> Another Valley guy, I think, by the yes, way. Yes, yeah, he is. We I, I played poker at his house a few times. Oh. Yeah, really good guy. Love Jeff. He does seem like a great dude. One of the most positive, just good human beings. It, I most I will say this, uh, when I think loosely of all of the of the reality hosts i like them all like all good yeah. people i think that you also do have to be positive for it to be successful because no one wants to spend a lot of time with someone who's negative like <laughs> just an a-hole yeah or like just a, a total grumpy hater old, yeah you know, like it's like it's and simon cowell didn't host a show he was right. part he was of a character show. yeah he was a exactly character. it wasn't it's not the same thing yeah, ryan uh and then you know dunkelman before we killed him off uh <laughs> you know, ryan was a positive force and yeah. then you know and the, but then he yeah still is. the judges were always the, just the characters. Yeah, they each have like their own lane. Yeah, it's but like be, the voice. Yeah, exactly. But to host it, you have to kind of like steer things down right. the middle, keep it positive and keep it moving. Um, okay, so Trista's like, and you're like, wow, my life has changed. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and also, you know, again, I go back to my life moments. Uh, I was about to have my son, when I first got the job, my son was six weeks old, Joshua, who's, you want to know how long the show's been on? Uh, the show is now looking at colleges it's wrapping up its junior year of high school. <laughs> it's driving. And then my daughter, uh, so we were we were pregnant with my daughter, and then she was uh she was born during Trista's wedding. Oh wow. So between Trista's wedding and Meredith's Meredith's uh finale, it was December 6th, then like, I don't know why we were shooting so late, but then mid-December we gave birth. And wow. so we were actually, my my then wife was uh, in labor the night of the final rose ceremony. Oh my the proposal. God. Yeah, it was crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So your life really does map with the show. It does. And then, you know, and, they, and just watching my kids grow up on set, grow up around the show. Um, and there's times where my life has changed, even for the bizarre parts of divorce and going through all that with certain girls. And I just talked to, during speaking of the special, yeah. was talking to Emily and uh, Ashley Hebert. Oh, cool. They kind of caught the brunt of my divorce. Uh, and so it was very interesting to go through that and to get their perspective. And they're like, we had no idea. It was amazing seeing Emily on the show because Emily, yeah. first of all, I loved her honesty when she was just like, I feel like I'm like, she, I don't think she said failure, but like she wasn't living up to the other women because they were like more entrepreneurial. Right. But which is like her just being hard on herself. But she also has just like grown up so much. I mean, yeah. she's the mother of four now, but it was amazing to see, like, I loved her season. I was obsessed with Jeff with one F for reasons I don't even know why. And uh, it was amazing to see her just like as, you know, a, a yeah. woman who's matured as you do over time. Like, it's just natural, but it was really cool to like, just to see them all change and have them come back and well, everything. And for me, that you just kind of encapsulated the whole reason why I got so emotional. I loved it so much. I, I actually went... Um, we were, they were all staying at the same hotel and the hotel was actually by my house. So I actually got up and went and had breakfast with them. Cool. They, well, they were getting hair and makeup and all that stuff. They just, we just had this big buffet out and I just went and hung out. And, and then later that day, before we started shooting, I walked in and we were all, for some reason, we all ended up sitting in the master closet at the mansion, which is about <laughs> the size of this room. So it's huge, but still we I've all ended up upstairs. in the master closet, uh, which is where I used to sleep. Uh, pro tip, because I, I really? never had a trailer or anything, so I would just go sleep in the closet. Like when? Like on the first night? First or? night. First first two nights, because uh, they're so long and they just go. So I just, I'm to the point where I can't stay up anymore. And I would just go grab a pillow and I would take an hour That's of snooze. Well, you know, while, especially in the middle of it, 
The bachelor bachelorette does what we call their, their mid-ITM, where midway through the night, they take about an hour to either eat, we interview them and all that. So it, there's really nothing going on. That's when I go shut it down. Yeah. And then I come back when when everybody's Interesting. up. Interesting. You always can tell from that when that interview has happened, they're like yes. a little sauced up, it the makeup slow. has run a little bit, <laughs> they look a little tired. If it's a it guy, a he slow. just seems like a little sweaty. It's really funny. You can that, always tell. That was the moment I walked into the house and, and all of the, the ladies were sitting there drinking wine and, and just talking about life, kids women, the show, just everything. And it was just, it was this beautiful moment. And I was looking around the room and I'm like, we did this, we created this. And I love the fact that we were celebrating this yeah. and we celebrated the women and we celebrated the show and all of them and all, and, and what it's meant. And to that, I'm, I was very proud of that special. Yeah. I, I really liked it. It was like just fun to revisit yeah. everything. And also I just feel like the older seasons are like a time capsule at this point. For it's, sure. It's crazy. I mean, it is it is a snapshot of what was going on at that time in dating, in the world, yeah. and poly- everything. And that's why, you know, I always say that the show has remained so strong because it, it reinvents itself every season. Uh, it really ob- does. Obviously, you know, Hannah is not the same as Trista. Right. And, and if, and no offense, <laughs> in to, and no offense to the godmother of the franchise, Trista, but if we had just followed Trista for the last 20 years, yeah. she's now in her mid forties with kids. And you know, like would, would anybody in college care about that? Probably right. not. But with Colton, with Hannah, with Becca, now we have this fresh group. And so our older audience stays with the show, but we're also kind of the new soap opera, like kids in college and kids even in high school love the show. I know. Because it represents you. Totally. It represents whatever is happening now. It's funny. I, I was saying to a friend, I feel old with this season because I used to experience this show as it was like projecting myself right. into The Bachelorette. Like if I was dating these guys and they all seem so young to me, many of them are they very are. young. I have no idea how old you are, but um, <laughs> I can only speak for myself. 33. Okay. I can only speak for myself. I'm much older than you. Um, there was a time when I was, you know, one or two years older than the people on yeah. the show. I started when I was, what, 29, 30 years old when I started this. And some of the bachelors were right around that age. And so I find those were typically my better friends just because we relate to each other sure. and we're at the same place in life. Now, Hannah really could be my daughter. Yeah, she, I know. And it's not that much of a stretch. <laughs> I, know. I know, she, and like, she's uh, she's great. I thought she had a great first night. She did. I was really Phenomenal. impressed. I think also there was a lot of heat around her. Like, can she pull this off? Right. Well, she could be back. Let's be honest. Bachelor. We were all scared to death after the after the Final Rose special. Yeah, so. We were all worried. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was a bit, it was a bit much. Um, and I, you know, I heard uh, Nick Vial talk about this and he was actually really on point of, it was just a lot. And she, I don't think she was fully prepared for everything that was about to happen. And I, but I, what happened there, the disaster of what you saw at AFR is also what I love about her. I didn't think it was a disaster. I mean, well, it's just that's that, the train wreck that is her sometimes. She owns it. That is her. Like you're not, yeah. it's also what you're going to love about her this season. And, but, Thankfully, night one, she came in firing on all cylinders. And I'm like, okay, there's our girl. Yeah, she also- That's the girl. I feel like she's probably likes being pampered and like being dressed. Like that's like her she element. Does. Yeah, so you're I, right. I, I bet that helps. Like, I, I think confidence. it's a pageant thing. Yeah, of course. She loves, you know, I don't know if people know uh, Carrie Fetman and, and Gina Modica, uh, who are my my family, really. Um, they've been with me Carrie's since- Carrie's been there from the beginning too, right? Close. Uh, no, we had, so Gina, so Gina, who's the makeup artist on the show- has been with me since 1999. When I first moved to LA, we met at another job, uh, Horse Racing Network, actually. Oh, cool. And I, I stole her. So there was somebody else on season one. Then I brought Gina in because, well, Gina's better. <laughs> um, and then also Carrie Fetman, same thing. Carrie, I think, came in for Trista. 
I oh. don't think he was there for the first two seasons of The Bachelor. Interesting. So, um, and then he's, he's been there ever since. And they are two of the loves of my life. They are ridiculously talented and good at what they do, but they're also just dear friends of mine. And we, we spend a lot of time together. I bet. So what's it, what's it like for you when you're not, well, in LA or in the LA mm-hmm. area versus not in LA, what is a day like for you in production and how many days off do you get per week? It really just depends. Okay. It really depends on so many things. The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, who they are, how well... I'm vibing with them, how how much I'm needed on the show or can be used on the show. Right. Um, and there's a delicate balance there. And that's the interesting thing with my job. Say you get Seacrest or Bergeron. They have a host-driven show and the host has a role that will never change. You know, Ryan's going to do his intro. Ryan will do that. You know, there's these bits that they do. The Bachelor's not like that. Right. It, 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 it really changes from season to season. And we have to be very cognizant of that and careful of of not overplaying my hand and and being very careful of where do I fit in with Colton? Um, where do I fit in with Hannah? And, and I can speak to Hannah because Hannah and I got along and we had this very interesting relationship. And, and again, not to make myself sound old, it really was kind of a father-daughter relationship sure. that we had. And I was there for her emotionally more than you will have seen in Colton. So you will see a lot more of me this season. And I say that now, not have seen have, not having seen the final edits, and that's they can't another be thing. done. I'm sure they're not done. They're not. No. Oh my God, we just got home, and so <laughs> yeah. um, I, I know what I have shot. Like even night one, we shot a lot more. There was a lot more stuff with Demi and, and Katie and I. There was a lot of other things I did. Some you just don't see them. Um, right. A lot of things we shoot are for. Sometimes they're for air and they don't work. Sometimes they just, we run out of time and we got to cram stuff in. Sometimes I will do things just for emotional effect or to kind of get something moving. And it's not even, we, we tape it, but it's not even for television. Right. And I know it. That's that's part of the, I, you know, I wear a lot of hats. I'm a producer on the show. You are. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a producer. I didn't realize I mean, that. I've been producing on the show for, I mean, really, you know, I guess not since day one. I, I have to say, really. I'm happy to hear that. I thought you weren't and I'm I'm thrilled that you are. No, I think I'm a, I was I planning I'm, to confront I, you about it. I can't, you know, I can't remember <laughs> what I, and this is sad because it means nothing to me, but I think I'm a co-EP or an oh, EP cool. on Paradise and it's different. I don't know if I'm a co-EP or I don't know what it is for Bachelor, Bachelorette. Cool. I don't know. I don't care. We just I was going to have to talk to you this. about your agent if you weren't. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just don't care because it doesn't, it's not going to change my life. Sure. It's that's a, a great I, mean, I, I guess I could put it on my resume, but I like, I, I don't <laughs> think like, I'm filling out a resume. Yeah, what point are you <laughs> yeah. applying for a job in yeah. your future? Uh, so I don't know if it's going to help me like get a wait, you know, wait, waiting job or bartending job. I think you'll be okay. Chris. Unless, so, unless you want the job in paradise, maybe the competition would be stiffer, you know? Right. To get, if I knock Take off, had to Wells. knock off Wells and yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but no, so I, I, you know, I, I help produce the show and, and it's a lot of, really just rolling with the moment and and being there. And that's why when you talk about how much do I work, a lot of time is spent sitting there watching right. and paying attention. And there are nights when I think, okay, I will be needed. And you're sitting there at four in the morning and then something fizzles out or something just doesn't go the direction that you thought it would. And so I, I don't enter that scene. Um, and so you just, there's a lot of patience and a lot of sitting around and just trying to be there. At what point are you aware that someone in the house is like the villain or like, for example, it seems like Luke P is is developing yeah. as someone who is polarizing, disliked. I mean, it's it's insane to say that you were having too much sex and then you got a message from God in the shower. Right. So at what point, like, do you as, you know, in your role, know that, that person is problematic or likely to be like a lightning rod? And, well, I think and- it, I think there's different different types of villains. You're a fan of the show, so you get that. There's the flash in the pan villain. Sure. You know, someone like who- Chad. Yeah, someone who does something, you know, that shines bright and it burns out and it's gone. Um, you know, maybe they're a villain, but then there's those villains that kind of arc 
uh, you know, the storylines that go weeks and weeks and weeks. Like a Courtney Robertson. Um, yeah, exactly. Or even a rated R uh, for Love you old school R. fans. Justin yeah. Rigo. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite moments is being in the Hilton in uh, Istanbul and him with a broken leg in his crutches. boot running around and uh, we lost him. It's the only guy. We, well, I guess now there's two. He was the first guy oh we God. lost, and then Colton. We'll, we'll get to that. But anyway, so it it uh, it really depends. Luke is going to be somebody clearly who's going to have an effect on the show, yeah, because he has an effect on Hannah, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the big thing: is how much does the villain affect the Bachelor Bachelorette? Courtney Robertson, great point you just brought up. Obviously, she's the woman that won. Yeah, she affected everything. Sure, um, the famous water. Uh, coitus, the, as yeah, we said at exactly. Grantland. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Allegedly. Alleged, yes. Nobody knows what happened under those <laughs> angry seas. But I mean, going in the water is a veteran move. That's why you go to the water because exactly. no one can no know. no microphones. No, yeah. Uh, but Luke clearly is making an impression. He got the first impression rose. So he is going to make an impression on Hannah. Therefore, he's going to affect the show. He is going to be a pivotal villain Right. So to speak. Right. Um, and then there's other guys that maybe, you know, I think there's a, some other villains that are going to kind of rub people the wrong way. But seems like ABC always be Cam could also uh, be annoying to people. Always be Cam. Always be Cam. That's a great line, though. I will never forget ABC always be Cam. So shout out to him. He I just, nailed it. Someone who, and again, I, I, I don't want to give away spoilers, but if there is this category for swing, uh, you know, someone who's just, Across like the, the spectrum. Well, no, oh. I just mean like someone who's going to swing from from really high after the final rose, the rap. Oh no, you know, tucking, <laughs> then coming in, you know, dropping the Nick Saban line, and I, he followed up, which by the way was going to be hard to follow up the rap on AFR. I thought he, he did. did it. Yeah, I thought he did it. It was good cute. Job. I mean, is he good? No, but it was cute and it was endearing, <laughs> and Hannah liked it. That's all that matters. But then to see his personality really come out and always be Cam is going to be interesting. He seems like a total dork. Like, he does not seem like he's like the cool Southern guy that she's into, which I think is fun. Well, we'll see. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how, what people think of him. How do you feel about introducing five guys on AFR? Do you like that? Um, I'm torn. Okay. I'm a little bit torn. I get it. Um, one... It, it fills television in a good way. And sure. that's also what we're trying to do is fill some compelling television on AFR. Um, and, and I like it in that way. It tees things up. I don't I don't know in the grand scheme of things if it really matters as far as The Bachelor or Bachelorette goes. Right. Once we get to the season, I feel like it's a big reset. I don't think those people particularly have a leg up for more than five minutes. Yeah. Yes, when Luke came in, when Cam came in, when those guys came in, she's like, hey, you know, she knew their name. But after... Five, 10 minutes in the house of, of one-on-ones, it, all that's out the window. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. She just, she has the opportunity to talk yeah. to everyone. So, so I guess I'm indifferent. I, I, I like it for television's sake. Mm-hmm. It's a good, I think it's a good scene to do um, for the AFR. I think after a while, again, you're going to have to make it fresh and get away from it because it's been done before. You know, right. we roll out the mansion and we do the whole thing. So it's not like, what I love is it's a bit of a surprise. And yeah. it's still, it was still a bit of a surprise for Hannah. So when it's not a surprise, I think you're going to have to change it up. Do the leads like it? Like, does Hannah like that? I don't know. That's a great question. Like, I don't know. It seemed like Becca did. It also seemed like for Becca, Becca she did. was coming off such like a low. I mean, yeah. I will never get over that finale. With I mean, it was just like- With Ari, yeah. Yeah, it was riveting television. It was incredible it television. It was also, the split screen was just ingenious. Like, Show I, it. It was amazing. Yeah, I absolutely loved that, it. Uh, kudos to Rob Mills and Mike Fleiss. Uh, Rob Mills, who's uh, our- show guy at ABC and sure. run, runs unscripted Friend ABC. Of the podcast. Yes, I, he's, I know. He does more interviews than I do. 
Uh, Rob <laughs> he Mills, has his own podcast too on yeah, Sirius, no, I know. a radio he, show. I'm not joking. First of all, I don't have a podcast. Rob Mills at the network has a podcast. Yeah, he does. Um, I love Rob. We couldn't have a better champion of the show. And he's a, a true fan. He is a true fan. And that's what it takes. Someone who loves the show as much as we do making it as much as anybody, that's what you need. And he is a champion. And I love him for that. And, and if you know Rob, he's just awesome. He's yeah. just in his Van Halen shirt, zero <laughs> Fs given. That's Rob. I think that he was responsible for air supply on the AFR. Oh, 100%. Set. Just like completely yeah. insane. Anytime you see a band and, and you are, if you're under the age of 30 and you're like, who is that? That's Rob Mills. Yeah, totally. Edward. Yes, what, Night Ranger. Richard Marks. Richard Marks. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. We, that's, we, but I'm a child of the 70s and 80s, big fan of the 80s. You know, you get me going on John Hughes and all those movies and, and all the, the music. I'm all in. And sure. so I love it. Rob and I are are geeks when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. And, and, and Mike, and Mike gets it too. Mike Fleiss, the creator of the show. And so they, they, I love the little, the little nuggets, the little Easter eggs we throw in for everybody. Yeah, totally. Um, I want to ask you more about Mike Fleiss because I noticed he was traveling this season, I think more than usual. But first, let's talk about today's <laughs> sponsors. More with Chris Harrison, but first, what if there was a place where wanting it all meant getting it too? New Cape Line sparkling cocktails are swooping in to transport you to a seriously delicious paradise. They come at you with all the flavor you want and nothing you don't in margarita, hard strawberry lemonade, and blackberry mojito varieties. Plus, they're made with just six simple ingredients and nothing artificial. Welcome to having your cake and eating it too. Head to capeline.com and find out where you can get your hands on the go-to drink of this summer. Welcome to Cape Line. Celebrate responsibly. 2019 Cape Line Beverages, Memphis, Tennessee. Let's talk about ABC's sexy summer drama, Grand Hotel. It's going to be your new guilty pleasure. Grand Hotel takes place in a five-star hotel with five-star secrets set along the gorgeous backdrop of Miami Beach. A young woman's disappearance during a hurricane unravels a slew of scandals and lies. It's like Clue for television. Eva Longoria, executive produces this bold and provocative family drama drenched in romance and mystery. Grand Hotel is a contemporary fresh take on an upstairs-downstairs story as the staff's lives intertwine with the owners of the hotel, and nobody is who they seem. Guests bask in luxury, but there are many explosive truths hiding beneath the picture-perfect exterior. With so many twists and turns, you'll be on the edge of your seat every week. The all-star cast includes Academy Award nominee Damien Bashir and Rosalind Sanchez. Grand Hotel premieres Monday, June 17th on ABC. Now back to Chris. All right, let's talk about the season. Yes. I noticed, first of all, that Hannah and one lucky guy are having a one-on-one date with the Boston Celtics. Yes. Terry Rozier and yeah. I believe Jalen Brown. Yes. Um, were you present for that? I was not. Oh my Mike God, Mike Fleiss was. I was pissed. Um, because, again, this is my life. Um, we went to Rhode Island. We were in Newport, Rhode Island. Right. That was our first set of travel. Well, let's see. Rose Ceremony was Saturday night. Friday and Saturday... No, Friday night, I guess we were taping the special, yes, the reunion I special Rachel with the women. Was out here for it, yeah. yeah so Thursday and Friday, March. I had to stay tape that. Then me, Ken Fuchs, the director, uh, Gina, Carrot, we all got on a red eye and flew in and got there just in time. Oh, wow. to finish up. So it was a crazy, huge week. bummer. Well, I just, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I missed. I know I have all the dates this year. That's a, I mean, the Celtics are one of the most storied franchise in sports. Although I have a bone to pick. What uh, is it? Well, first of all, I'm not a Northeast guy, so I really don't care that much. <laughs> Um, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm a Texas guy. So are you a Mavs fan? Yeah. Okay. I'm a die. Congrats uh, on Luca, man. I know. Right. Your what a future star is bright. He turned out to be. I, and so I love Mavs. I love 
love obviously Mark Cuban and anything Dallas. I'm a Dallas guy, born and raised. And so uh, I would have loved it if we had brought in like Larry Bird, mm. Kevin McHale or something, you know, Paris, something like that, you know, bring in an old school sure. legend. Sure. I think Jalen Brown will have a really good future though. So mm. maybe you'll be looking back. So on maybe this. in like 10 years, you'll be like, yeah. that was awesome. And Scary Terry, you know, he's That's like the way most figure. of our musical acts are. You look oh, back totally. and you're like, oh, Dan and Shay. I know they were, they're really big now. Yeah. I mean, also- the thing is, I give you guys a lot of heat for the pri- weird private concert, which I would never want to experience. I love it. I love the private concerts. Why? I, they're, I don't know. I, is, I, just, I just think they're stunningly romantic. You do? Yes. So you're, romant- you're a very romantic person, I guess. I'm a I very guess. romantic person. Yeah. You okay. know, I told you my favorite movies are rom-coms. I, People said, make fun of me. You were saying Notting Hill is one of your faves. It, Notting Hill is one of my favorite movies ever. I absolutely Pretty Woman. love it. Yeah. So you're a Julia Roberts person. You know, you're right. I okay. am a Ju- but, Do you like My Best Friend's Wedding? Of course, it's yeah. a great movie. Oh, yeah. It's a sing along. Yeah, it's, seriously, <laughs> it's, it's so good. I'm all in. Ever. I, and I'm also a Cusack fan, so like Gross Point Blank, one yeah. of my favorite movies. Yeah, I mean, I also love that because it has a big radio plot, and I like happen to love radio. Yeah, I mean, Get Me into Almost Famous, which I think is also a rom com. Oh, interesting, Lady Goodman. Yeah, High Fidelity. Oh, that's a great one too. Have you ever read the book? The book is excellent too. It is. It's a great. Yeah, thank Nick you Hornby. for saying that, Nick yeah. Hornby. Uh, also. Uh, to go on this weird tangent, Fever Pitch. Yes. I actually have not seen that movie. I could never bring myself to do it. But the that's... original. So the the American version is terrible. Um, it has to do, again, with Boston, the Red Sox, and all that stuff, <laughs> and they just destroyed it. The original is, is a story soccer? about Arsenal. Yeah. Oh, and you're an Arsenal fan. Yes, I'm a diehard Arsenal fan. It actually— And so uh, Colin Firth yes. is in Fever Pitch. Go go look I've up the original. I've actually never seen that. It's, oh, go- it's good. It. It's not great, but it's good. I mean, I love an English mo- TV show, yeah. movie, anything. But yeah, Nick, I'm a big Nick Hornby fan. Um, the reason I brought up the Celtics, though, is because I don't remember Mike Fleiss tweeting out photos from dates while they're in production in the past. Yeah. Was that a conscious effort to build up Hannah? No, it's a conscious effort, I think, to build up his followers on Twitter. <laughs> I really do. I don't, well, success. Yeah, there's no in-game for us. It doesn't help us to reveal anything. But when you write the checks, you get to do what you want. Sure. Does he? Has he always traveled with a show like this? Um, I heard no. he lives in Hawaii and Kauai. He does live in Hawaii. He's on and off, in and out of LA and Hawaii. Um, the Bachelor's been good to him. But Kauai is an incredible place. It's one of my favorite places it's in the am- world. It is yeah. truly amazing. And it's great. I mean, I hope you've been recently because if you want to do anything after 9 p.m., you literally can't. That's like, why there's I love no- it. I know. There's That's nothing why- <laughs> open. You have to stay home and just enjoy yourself. Before and the podcast, wonderful. Juliet and I uh, talked about the fact that we are 90 years old. We yeah. go to bed. Yeah. So I love places is a great that time to go to sleep. when it's 10 o'clock and lights are out. I'm all I'm, in. Me yeah. too. <laughs> I'll see you in the sunrises with all the roosters. But yeah, Mike, Mike dabbles with the show. Um, sometimes he travels, sometimes he doesn't. It just depends on what's going on. Really the heart and soul of the show right now is Bennett and mm, uh, Louis Todd. Yeah, our executive producers. Again, another guy behind the scenes. There's so many people behind the scenes that don't get the due that they yeah. should. Um, you know, Bennett, Louis, Todd, uh, Nicole Woods, these people that make the show really work day to day. I went to the same summer camp as Peter Geist. Peter Geist, another good one. Yeah. Really? I went to summer his, camp. His sister was in my bunk, in fact. Yeah, another, uh, I think he's a co-executive producer on the show. I know, I get mixed up with the titles. We move people's titles sure. around. You know, it's instead fluid. of paying people, we you give them titles. Title. You know how it works. It, it was, <laughs> hey, we're the, the PG, same. PGA will be mad if that's the case. Yeah, we're the same as every business, believe me. Um. So, Mike, Mike Fleiss, yes. let's talk about when you had to call him to tell him that Colton had gone AWOL. Walk me through that phone call. What was that like? So, saw, that's who you're talking to on the phone. Correct. Right? Yes. Yeah. I was calling Mike, who I noticed you had two you had two iPhones in that moment. I did. There was a lot. I did. I, I had two conversations <laughs> going on because we had two. I think Rob Mills may have been on the phone uh, on the, with the other one trying to. So what what happened was to back up, jumps the fence, 
I thought there was a security guard on the other side because there was security out there when I arrived that night, but we had already cleared everybody. It was so late. We're in the middle of nowhere, so it didn't matter. How great is Portugal, by the way? Beautiful. Love yeah, Portugal. Yeah, we've been there several times Better now. Better than Spain, in my yeah. opinion, uh, for visiting. Uh, I'm going to fight you on that. Okay. That's, that'll be another tangent. Okay. Um, but <laughs> So you arrive late. To- we, we, we get there and I and jump the fence and I- What are you doing at the moment he jumped the fence? I was chasing him. I was no, t- but like before when before, like, are you watching? Yeah, so in the okay. Truck or? So yeah, okay. So we had uh, so we're at a hotel. Uh, what we do is we take a room like this. Uh, we take two hotel rooms. We make that a our production room. Um, so it's the control room. So the director's in there. Bennett, uh, several of the other producers are in there, and we're just watching. And we're sitting there for hours and hours and hours. Um, and so I was there. Is it boring or is it fun? Both. Okay. A lot of times it's stunningly boring because a lot of times you just it's. You know, stuff you know, it's never going to see the light of day. Is this a work environment where you're allowed to drink on the clock? Oh, God, no. Because, I mean, I I couldn't. (laughs) I mean, I really couldn't because I would just uh, drink tea. Sure. (laughs) Caffeine, because if you drink and then you're up, because, you know, that that, the fence jump took place. I don't even remember what time it was, but it was the middle of the night. Yeah. And then we went, because of what happened, went for hours. So I I remember leaving there like at three in the morning. God. So that's just a typical night. So, God, if you were drinking, you'd just be dead. Um, And so— Chase Colton, can't find him, really realized we weren't going to find him. Mm-hmm. We decide to scatter the cars in five different directions. There's a lot of forks in the road, and we're at these farm, this little farm town. And we realize I'm sitting here, uh, Alon was still on the show, and Bennett, the two executive producers that were there at the time. And we kind of put our heads together, and what do we got to do? Right. We actually have to find this guy. Now, right. we, now, show aside, we have to find this human being Yeah, uh, because we're kind of responsible for him. He has no phone, no wallet, right. no money. And so we call Mike and uh, said, so, you know, what do you want to do? This is what's happened. It's been about 20 minutes. We've lost him. He's like, give it another five, you know, send the cars out. You guys have done the right thing. He's like, but after that, you're, you're going to need to call the cops. Right. Because you're going to have to find this guy. Oh, my God. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is not good. Like, because it's one thing to have those moments where, say, you're in the United States and you really have control of a situation when, you know, call the cops or something like that. You can speak to them. You're familiar with, like, the law enforcement infrastructure right. of but your own country. But when you're in a foreign country, like, things can get lost in in the— interpretation or we like, so they could become a thing. You don't want to become an international incident. And that's what it could have become. And luckily Colton got scared. He was hiding in a ditch. I actually shot a funny standup. It was never seen. I need to put it up on social media where I went to the ditch where he was hiding. And then he said he heard a big animal. Oh my God. And he got scared and he <laughs> Wait, jumped he up. he was hiding in a ditch? Yeah. Like, so it was this road that was about as wide as this table, <laughs> very one lane road. And then He heard a car, so he decided to jump in a drainage ditch and hide from the car. What? And then he heard an animal, maybe in the ditch, and so he jumped out of the ditch. Oh, my God. And that is when one of our cars went by, and they saw him, and then they— That's actually insane. I didn't know the ditch part. And we got on a walkie-talkie, and, you know, Bennett and and, uh, Elon had walkie-talkies in, and they're like, we found him, and get over here. And so— we get in a car and we're like, can we, can we run there? Where are you? And we're like trying to describe where we are. It was right. like trying to describe where you it are. It seemed like literally the middle. In a nowhere. cloud. Yeah. You don't know where you are. Like, even if they said we're whatever, like we wouldn't have known. Right. So they pin us and we're like, oh my God, he's over a mile away. Jesus. Oh, so, they dropped a pin. Smart. So he, I mean, he, we got in a car and it took us a well, few minutes to drive. The guy could move. So, Incredible. Yeah. It sounds like perhaps he could have been in like the military if he's like stop dropping and rolling into a ditch basically. <laughs> Except he gets 
scared of small of animals. animals. Yeah, it's not good. That is like the least surprising thing I've ever heard about Colton. That's hilarious. That he shrieked. I, my yeah. guess is he shrieked. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. I really like them when you caught up with him. You were out of breath. <laughs> you were out of breath, which was hilarious. But then I just love that you immediately try to steer him towards Tasha and Hannah. You were like, well, you still have two other great uh, girls. Okay, but so here's the thing. Uh, first of all, Company man, I love that. First it. of all, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. Uh, <laughs> I I was running a lot. It was cold that night. And for some reason, I don't know why the driver, again, lost in translation, stopped a good quarter of a mile away from where Colton was. So I get out of the car and I start walking. Well, he's walking really fast. Right. And he's a tall and so, guy. So Alon's like, dude, you got to go. And I'm like, <laughs> crap. So I start running again. And another jog in my, in my dress shoes. And I get up there and I'm like trying to talk and it's cold. And I'm like, just winded. I'm like gassed. And uh and at that point I uh, loved it. At that I point absolutely loved it. I have to say I went tough love because my sense of humor was kind of gone. Middle of the night, running I through the country. You seemed a little sarcastic, actually. I was a little sarcastic because yeah. I was kind of done. Yeah. Uh, like there also, are he, it's kind of disrespectful what he did, right? Like Well, there's times when and and I don't know if this is gonna sound sexist, but there's times when you need to man uh-huh. Up. You can curse. Um, I prefer cursing to sexism, right. honestly. But and so <laughs> there's there's times and and I just it, that was that time of like, but yeah. I didn't understand the situation, which goes to your other point when I was steering him towards Hannah and Tasha, I didn't understand the level of his love of Cassie. Right. This is where we were all a little off kilter, and this is why the season was a little wonky at the end because we were under the impression that he really liked Hannah G, mm. and that she was number one. And that Cassie was close. Interesting. But he led us to believe that was the case. Is that because of their insane sexual chemistry? Like, I just, that would, I, he wanted to mislead us in that way. I don't, maybe to protect Cassie, to protect his relationship. So, so you think that was intentional that, that he was like trying to throw out like a red herring or like 100%. No, 100%. He was trying to mislead Why? us in that way. It's Colton. Um, <laughs> he, he also hid in a drainage ditch. He also ran away. Uh, I don't know. That's fascinating. I never. That's just like, oh, I don't understand that train of thought. Yeah, I just think he's, that's just a young man, I think, doing his thing and and maybe. Have you seen the show before? It's a crazy situation. In his defense, it's a crazy situation. Everything's out of your control. And I think sometimes you feel like this is something I'm going to control. Right. Um, And they all, all of them do this. They glom on to interesting things, uh, you know, of what they can control in, in a time in their life when everything seems kind of wildly out of control. So I think this is what he thought he could control and he was protecting Cassie. And I think he thought he was going to cruise on in. So when Cassie broke up with him, all of us as producers kind of honestly thought, no biggie. No big deal. Yeah. Like this is only going to reaffirm the fact that he picked the right girl. We're going to have this kind of dramatic night, not a big deal. We got Hannah G. We got a happy couple done. Important question. We were wrong. You were very wrong. And this is up, fascinating. So that's why when I went to talk to him, they're like, go talk to him. He was really pissed. I'm like, God, he is really angry. I don't know if he's acting or playing this up or whatever. But I, I'm, a little sh- I'm a little shocked that he's this pissed. And so when I'm walking behind him, as he's about to jump the fence, I didn't anticipate this wrath and this, this kind of acting out in that way. I was just expecting him to turn around and be a little upset. Sure. His, his ego was hurt. His feelers were hurt a little bit, but not a big deal. It's kind of funny you say his ego was hurt, though, because he was dumped so many times. This is the, <laughs> he was dumped a lot. <laughs> I think like the most of yeah. any bachelor. But I, I, that's why I thought not a big deal. And so when I caught up to him, I thought, well, I'll just steer him back to what's important, mm-hmm. which is the fact that he has this great girl he's in love with. All right. good. That's when I realized I was wrong. We were wrong. It is Cassie. 
And now we have a massive issue on our hands. He doesn't even want to continue with Hannah right. and Kaylin. And he wants to break up with them and he wants to go find Cassie at all costs. And I'm like, so talk about having to be fluid and having to follow a situation as a producer and stay on this. The show did a 180, completely changed in that moment. Mm-hmm. Interesting. If you guys had thought it was Cassie, would you have flown her father out? Um, I don't, God, ooh, you mean before the fence job, before the breakup? Yeah, when he's there to like talk to her about yeah, how I don't she's know. feeling. Um, because I think if, if I don't, just we probably my, Well, we probably would have done a lot of things differently. The, 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 the timing of the date, she probably wouldn't have gone first before right. the others. You probably would have set it up to where he had time with her. You know, a lot of things. Interesting. Would have been different. We didn't set them up. We didn't set him up to fail, but we definitely didn't set them up for massive success because we thought he was in love with somebody else. Right. You want to like help guide him yeah. for what will make sense for the and story And even arc. if he did love Cassie, we really still thought it was a horse race, neck and neck. Wow. And it turned out it really wasn't. Incredible. Yeah. How fascinating. Colton seems so weird. I haven't met him. I would love to. He's a great guy. And I love Colton. Super good guy. Um, Everyone says he's very nice. He is very sweet. He is amazingly sweet. Yeah, there's no other word for it. He's just a kind guy. You don't need to name names. Was there ever a lead where you're just like, I don't care for this person. I don't want to be around them. Charlie O'Connell. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How come? Um, we didn't get along. And I like him now. And That's I, and a long and time I, ago, too. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and i very happy for him because I know that he, he, you know, he had some demons. And and I'm okay talking about this because he has faced those publicly um, with alcohol and, and other addiction. And so um, we just, I think a lot of it, too, was East Coast, mm-hmm. Matak guy, uh, Long Island guy. You've got a real Northeast bias. You don't like the Celtics. You just called him a— yeah. I mean, I'm, well, from, it, I'm from New York. Just, I just want you to know. It was a little oil and water. Sure. Um, I love to visit you people. It's a great place. Yeah, it is. I, I love to go and visit, but I always love leaving. Uh-huh. Um, okay. But, yeah. you know. You he, like space. He was at a different place in his life. Um, and it was it was really struggling. I think behind the scenes, we didn't really realize the level of his demons that he mm-hmm. was facing. And so we just didn't, and he didn't want really me around either. Like it was mutual. He didn't like me. We just didn't get along. So that's one of those seasons where I was very much behind the scenes and would do things with the women and stuff like that, but wouldn't spend a lot of time with him. And I think that was the one season we stopped I stopped even coming in during the rose ceremonies. Oh wow! Yeah, a couple of times. I didn't. Even yeah, we just that. didn't. We just didn't mix, which okay. is fine. I mean, when you think of what fifteen and however many bachelors we've had, thirty-two. Yeah, I'm not going to get along with with all of them. Thirty-three. As you know, it's different. I you know, I have friendships and chemistry with some, and I don't with others. But I'm, I'm professional and I do my job with all of them. Sure. And try to help them no matter pro. what. Yeah, exactly. Um, but obviously, I'm just going to blend in with uh, some better than others. There's still more Bachelor to discuss, but first, let's talk about Drop. Want to get paid to shop? Check out Drop, the free app that gives you cash rewards for the shopping you do every day. Link your debit and credit cards to the app, select stores you love, and earn points each time you spend. Then, redeem your points for gift cards to places like Amazon, Sephora, Lululemon, and more. The more you spend, the more Drop gets to know you. It's a personalized shopping experience designed to get you rewarded as quickly as possible. Unlike most reward programs, you're able to earn across a ton of brands whatever you want. No phone calls or receipt scanning because everything is done through the app automatically. You'll accumulate points quickly because the brands you're earning from are the ones you literally spend with every day. When I look at my credit card bill and I see how much I'm spending on Lyft and Uber, I just think about how much I could have gotten in free gift cards if I'd been using the Drop app. For a limited time, if you head to the App Store or Google Play and sign up for Drop using the code BACHELOR, you'll receive a $10 Starbucks gift card right away. Make sure to link a debit or credit card to the app when you sign up to redeem your reward.
In this second wave of The Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons, at what point were you like, oh, this is a different thing now with like Bachelor Nation and all the social media? At what was there a In the modern era? Yes, the modern era. Post steroids. Post steroids. (laughs) After Barry Bonds, you know, all of that. When did you realize like, oh, we're in a new phase of this show now? Man, I I don't know if there was a moment. I just I just know that I, I don't know if there was a moment. There wasn't a lightning bolt, but there, it's it's evolved. It's just been it time. It really has. Yeah, it's kind of shocking now. Well, when you when you think about the when the show started in two thousand one, two thousand two, we were taping in two thousand one. You know, there was no such thing as a blog. There was no such thing as you know anything on social media. MySpace yeah. didn't exist. None of that. Much less Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff. Snapchat, and um, and so you didn't have to worry about keeping a secret. Mm -hmm. There were secrets in the world and which were great. I mean, now our national security secrets are out. I mean, there's nothing that happens in the world you don't know about. So if you don't think The Bachelor's going to get out or American Idol or what all that, of course it is. That's just, if there's two or more people in a room in this day and age- I know, it's how it happens. It's out. That's just it. And that sucks, but that's just the world we live in. So, you know, slowly over time, instead of trying to have private dates- now these these concerts are public. Yeah. And we'll shut down a town. And and part of that is fun though. I love that. Now there'll be five thousand people at a date. Right. Or we'll have a carnival in the middle of of Iowa or something, you know? So I like that we've embraced it to a certain degree because you can't fight it. Yeah. You have to embrace it. I think the show has been smart in obviously now doing more like iPhone confessionals and just sort of like, it seems like in the last couple of seasons, yeah. embracing the culture around it a we'll little bit We'll throw more. some stuff against the wall, see if it sticks. Yeah. It doesn't always stick. Uh, I didn't love Colton's iPhone confessionals. I it think. worked better in Hannah's premiere with the yeah. guys before they got to filming. Yeah, I, li- I like that because you know you're getting yeah. something we couldn't otherwise get. Yeah. Um, the Colton thing just felt lazy to me because we have cameras there. He so. also seemed uncomfortable with it. it. It was just, it was a, it was a, a good idea that didn't come off well. Yeah. It's also sort of funny. Like you think back to when the real world would do that, like yeah. literally in a closet. And that was like, so they would sort of like trick them into feeling more comfortable, I think. Yeah. But when it's a true confessional, like you said, I, I loved the guys on their flights getting in because you're getting yeah. their true emotion of that moment. We're not, we don't have cameras there. We don't have enough cameras right. to, to do that. So you only have so much manpower. Um, and so it's really just happened over time. And so Yes, people are taking pictures everywhere we go. And we were just in Greece. If you want to get on the internet, you can see Hannah, you know, all over Greece. A friend of mine was on vacation in Amsterdam in April. There you go. Yeah, we were, yeah, exactly. And so group date in the like the square. (laughs) It's a small world. It's such a small world (laughs) now. And with social media, it's even smaller. Um, Before something would have to go to print and be in one of the magazines. And it would take two weeks to do that. And people and us back then, they wouldn't really cut their nose off to spite their face. They wouldn't They wouldn't want to out us. You yeah. know, they wouldn't do that. Now, this is the culture we live in where you want to spoil somebody's time. Like yeah. you can't screw people over enough. And I, I don't know why people relish that so much. What, what that says about us as a society that people get up and eat, drink, and sleep to just crap on somebody's work. To like, how can I ruin your day? Right. Like, what can I say that will ruin the the end of the Avengers or ruin Game (laughs) of Thrones for you or whatever? Like, how can I go on social media and just be a a dick? Yeah, I know. Um, It's it's, it's, It's a very interesting dynamic to our culture. There's a lot of good things that come of it. There's a lot of bad. I try to go pretty spoiler free, but it's actually hard. Like, I mean, I obviously yeah. know that. You know what's funny? I have no problem with it. With the spoilers? Yeah, I don't. No, no. I, I, I mean, what I mean by that is I don't see any spoilers. Oh, right. I really don't. Well. You're probably not on Twitter all day. I I'm mean, like, a, I sit at a computer all day, so yeah, it's a little I don't, bit harder. I don't read, uh, I don't even know, do people still do things like blogs? I don't know if there's a blog. <laughs> but anyway, I don't read that stuff. Um, there are a few podcasts that uh, 
I listen to. You know most of them because I, I do love The Ringer. There's a reason I'm here. Thanks, Chris. Um, we love you. Yeah. Um, and this, this whole thing is a ploy to be on The Rewatchables. That's really <laughs> all I care about. I know some people. I can, <laughs> I can see, um, see what we could do. But anyway, so, uh, but the problem is when I, when I listen to The Rewatchables, there's really nothing I can add. Everything that's, that's said, I'm like, damn it, that's a good point. I wouldn't have even had that. It's honestly hard to top Bill Simmons when it comes to a movie podcast. He pisses, he's, he he's really good. Off. He's And I, I say that as more of a fan than an employee yeah. or a friend. No, I hate Bill Simmons. I mean, yeah, me too. He's so arrogant and cocky, <laughs> but he's so good. He backs it up, and yeah. that, that pisses me off. You want? He's I, really good at what. Uh, I want him to fail. Also, he does the research. He's a hardworking yeah, guy. No, I want him to fail. Big, great guy. I'm ready. I'm, when he falls on his face, I'm going to be there. <laughs> no, he's great. Uh, but anyway, we digress. <laughs> we do indeed. Uh, but anyway, no times have changed, and and here's what I don't mind. I don't mind. 90% of the spoilers and the stuff out there, people are taking pictures. I, I love that most of it is just passion. Yeah. People love it. People love when they see me on the streets. They want to talk about the show. They love seeing Hannah. They're just excited. That's fine. I just wish that people wouldn't go out of their way to spoil the ending. I agree with that. Only because I just want people to see it. I want people to experience it. It's just like sitting down to watch the Super Bowl and someone go, hey, Patriots win by five. <laughs> Last second. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to watch it, but it's like, uh, like, I wish you hadn't done that. Sure. So I just wish, that's the only thing I wish we could control. J don't spoil the very ending. The rest, go to town. Sure. Debate, talk about it. I don't, it doesn't bother us. And, it do, and none of it really affects the ratings overall. Oh, So from a business yeah. standpoint, it hasn't affected my job. I just know that some people in Bachelor Nation don't want to see it and they bump into these things. Yeah. Well, I think the good thing for the show about Colton season was that A, it shows that like the script kind of doesn't matter as long as it's compelling and right. authentic. Yeah. And secondly, there were a lot of rumors out there about like what happens at the end. And it had literally nothing on actually watching it. It was riveting television. Yeah. Well, that, and I think if we do our job, it doesn't matter. And that's why I say it doesn't affect the ratings. If we have a good season, like Hannah's season, is phenomenal. Yeah. It is really? phenomenal. Are it, you being it, honest or are you just saying No, that? 100%. I'll look in the eye. It might be one of our best seasons wow. of The Bachelorette ever. Great. It's the best producing job we've ever done. She might be one of the best Bachelorettes for, wow. for many reasons. Um, and then just the guys. We had this great group of guys on every level, from good to bad, villains to heroes and all that. It's just incredible. Like, it's incredible television. I can't wait for everybody to kind of watch this unfold. And it gets good really fast. Um, um, but it, uh, my guess, it it will probably be our most successful Bachelorette ever. Oh, my God. Well, I, 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 in the modern era. Sure. In the modern era. It's not going to be Trista. Won't Nothing be will Trista. ever be Trista. What do you consider before that the most successful Bachelorette? I think there's a clear answer. Uh, God, was it Emily? Probably Emily's season oh. was really highly rated. Allie Fedotowski's was extremely highly rated as well. Probably Allie. It's hilarious that her husband looks like Frank. Just absolutely hilarious. Looks like Frank. The guy that she did not end up with. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Girl's got a type. Yeah, she does have a type, right? <laughs> she really does, yeah. Um, so Allie was highly rated. Emily was highly rated. I, and off the top of my mind, I'm really good with ratings. I am psychotic. about Like, I know the ratings from the shows today. Wow. Um, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a student of the game, so I watch what's going on. And um, I consider Caitlin very successful as well. Although I've heard that the beginning with the Brit versus Caitlin thing was something that will never be repeated. Well, it already was. I mean, that's the thing. People forget we already did that. You did? Yeah, we did that. We had a two bachelors. Brad Womack. Oh. And uh, oh, what was the guy's name? I forget. Another I don't guy. Remember either. We started with, and that's funny because we caught so much crap for being sexist and doing this, and you'd only do this to women. It's like, well, no, actually, we did this already, and we did I it to two it. guys. I don't care. I loved it. I didn't love it. I don't want to do it. And so what's funny is when we did that, Mike Fleiss and I are the only two that still are around from that time when we were really producing. We did it, and we looked at each other. 
we'll never do this again. This was a horrible <laughs> Why idea. Why was it bad? We'll never do it again. It just, I, it just, I don't love it. I don't think it works in a lot of ways. I get the reason we did it because there was this split in Bachelor Nation, but there's always a split in Bachelor Nation. Mm-hmm. So I think it's incumbent upon us to make a call. Um, like this season with the Hannahs. Hannah G, Hannah B, you know, make a call. No question, Hannah make, B. Yeah, make a call. Hannah B is is is. Hannah G great. can't carry a show. She would have been on it more if she could. Well, yeah, I think she's going to be fascinating, and and I'm sure we'll see her in paradise. Um, but I think Hannah B, I know Hannah B gives us unbelievably dynamic television. I'm really excited. I yeah. I wanted her to be the Bachelorette from a while ago. So I think I'm excited she's, about it. She's in it, and you know, it's funny because. She's a slam dunk in a way that people, and this is what I love. I love shows where people are skeptical. People question our sanity. Mm-hmm. People are like, what do you, Colton, I'm never watching again. Yeah. Colton's the worst choice. He's the worst bachelor you could ever choose. We had that. We had a ton of that. The only truly bad bachelor, in my opinion, is Chris Souls. Like, that's the only one where I'm just oh, really? like, that Wow. I thought sucks. he was a good, see, I thought, I thought Chris was a good reason of why the, I thought he was a throwback. Mm, I was just bored. I just found him so uncompelling. What I love about the show, and this is where the show started, was find a diamond in the rough. And without our spotlight, this person, this diamond would never be seen. Um, That was the idea of Aaron Berge, you know, the banker from uh, Missouri. That was the idea of Chris Souls, who's in the middle of Iowa, very successful guy. Without us, not finding anybody. Sure. I mean, I went to his house. Him and Whitney, though, like least least realistic couple ever. She just had a baby. Congratulations to her. Yeah, that is great. Um, I went to the Field of Dreams. You did. I did. Congratulations, man. Uh, That's I heard, great. I listened to y'all's podcast. I, I realized none of you guys had been there. And I'm like, wow, this is something I actually have on them. <laughs> um, it was a moving experience. I've heard that. But this is one of the, and I will say to digress, one of the cool things about this show is I get to do some really cool shit. Yeah, like what's the coolest thing that you've gotten to do as a result of being the host? Whether Again, it's from traveling I'm or a being sports, famous. I'm a sports guy. Yeah. Um, and so I've gotten to do some really cool stuff sports-wise, like the Celtics thing. But early on, I forget whose season it was, but like Mike Fleiss and I went one-on-one at, at the at the Garden oh, in New York. Cool. Uh, we were there for a Mavericks game. Mavericks-Knicks. After the game, we got the court for like 45 minutes for our date. And they were upstairs in one of the suites doing interviews. And Mike I and I- I remember this. Mike and I got to shoot hoops all night. And Amazing. Like, I'm at the Garden. That's incredible. Um, in, in, we were in Barcelona at Española, one, uh, one of the teams- uh, and soccer, we got to take over the entire stadium. Wow. And I had two of my soccer buddies, one I played with in college, one in high school, were there. So we just went out and played, you know, that that kind of stuff, I love. I've been to several Champions League games. Like we were in, in Munich and I went to see Bayern Munich play. And cool. Barca. And so stuff like that, I love that kind of stuff. That's it's, awesome. That is not really, the travel seems great. The travel is a blessing. It's, I've, you know, you don't get to do it with the people you would choose to do it with. Sure. You know, these aren't, it's, your it's, family. it's not my family. It's yeah. not my best friends. I do bring people with me from time to time. I'll have my friends meet me somewhere. We'll go to a game or something like that. But it, it most of the time does not work out and I'm there by myself. But I try to embrace it, you know, like you think of, you know, shooting at Ernie L's Vineyard in in South Africa or oh, going on, awesome. or, or, you know, going on these safaris. That was Emily's season, huh? Yeah, it was Emily's season. Brad, Emily and Brad. Brad, Brad. Yeah, Brad's season. So, you know, I mean, just running through my head, it's like there's I have a thousand great memories of the travel. That's awesome. Of what I've done in my life, and it's only because of this show. Sure, and that's pretty, that is really cool. Um, and, it, and it didn't used to be a travel show. We used we never used to travel. I know, and now you go wherever you get the best deal. It, it really was Charlie O'Connell's season that changed that. It was Aruba. Oh, uh, Aruba was the first place that said, "Hey, come for not only the the exotic dates, but stay and do two weeks." Then that was kind of our thing for a while. Was we'd travel, but we'd always come back to L.A. Right. Then we went to Aruba. And we stayed. 
And then we thought, hey, we can do trade outs. We can actually, you know, <laughs> Warner Horizon thought, you know what? Smart. We can save a buck. Yeah, seriously. We'll, we'll send them to Istanbul. We'll pay for the flights. You just take us. Exactly. Once we get there, it's free. Uh, one place you want to go that you haven't been yet? You know, we've never done Australia. Oh. I don't know if it's ever. It's, it's too, too far. Also, they, I feel like they don't have the, the great deal. They don't we need went, to do it. We went to the Maldives, South Africa. You can't tell me anything's too far. There's Maldives nothing. Maldives looked amazing. I would like to go there. Eh. It's fine. Oh, wow. No, I'm just kidding. No, it was stunning, but I will say this. Boring? It's so hard to get to. Right. I mean, go look at a map at where it is. It is, uh, it actually is exactly halfway around the world. You, 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 when you're there, they, it's equidistant. You can go one way or the other. Right. It's so, it's, you, and, and I think there are other places. I remember Blake being like, I need to get, th- get out of there immediately. I'm on this tiny well, island. We were, on, we were on an island that was a mile long and about maybe half a mile wide. It was right. very small. What's the biggest, like, disaster that's ever happened on the show that was not seen. Like something just like went horribly awry. Mm. And on a serious note, we had a car wreck. You did? Yeah. Where? Uh, I forget the island. Saint somewhere. Oh. Uh, Sean Lowe's season. Oh, wow. Is everyone um, okay? Yeah. But in, in this is where we have lived and learned, but there was a, there was a, there was an accident. Um, but one of our executive producers kind of got banged up. And at the time she was pregnant. Oh my goodness. Um, so really scary, horribly scary for Cassie? all of us. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She worked um, on Dating Around, which I love. Who I love. And yeah, Have you seen a, Dating Around on Netflix? No. Oh, check it out. Is it's it interesting. Good? It's so different than The Bachelor. It's another like dating show, um, but it's super different. It's just about a blind date and like that's it kind of. It's it's interesting. It's really different, but I, I like it because it's so, so different. Cassie, uh, who's one of my dear friends, I love her, unbelievably talented woman, grew up on the show and I watched her grow up, is the reason I am ordained. Oh my God. Pete uh, Scalatar, who was also our executive yeah. producer on the show- uh, started dating Cassie. They got engaged and they are the reason that Amazing. Uh, I, I got ordained and I married them. And then Ashley and JP were at that wedding. So you married them. And Ashley and JP were asked later, they're like, well, you guys are getting married on TV. Who do you want to marry you? Who's your officiant and, or whatever, rabbi? And uh, they said, well, we just went to the wedding and we love Chris. <laughs> Obviously we love Chris. He's a friend of ours. Can Chris just do it? Wow. And I was reluctant and said, no. Because uh, I I did I didn't want it to be a joke. I never wanted the weddings to be a cocktail joke, and and I I'm serious about it and want them to have their moment. I didn't want to take away. And as soon as You're we figured, so romantic. well, as soon as we figured out a way that I could be their friend and be the host, because I had to host the show, yeah. and then like run up, I was like, how does this look? So Martin Hilton and I actually had to sit and wrap our head around how do we make this work to where it is serious and it is sweet and romantic. Interesting. And did you marry um, Sean and Catherine? No, Sean's dad. Oh, right. I, I did that. that. I hosted that. They're my favorite couple, probably. That's still together. They're great. I like He's really... just such a dad now. It's hilarious. He's such a dad. Uh, I love Sean. He's just got a great sense of humor. Did you guys know that he was going to pick her? Because that, as a viewer, came so far out of left field. No. I had no idea. And that's, that's why the show, I think, is so fantastic and why it works. Whatever you're doing and whatever you have been doing clearly doesn't work mm. um, because you're single and you're yeah. on the show. Sean is a great example of just falling into the same trap of— you, you you saw some of the women he was choosing. You're like, okay, this is the same girls you've been dating from the same places. And he actually wanted to, he came close to getting rid of her several times. Wow. And we were like, dude, give like just one more week, one more week. And then ended up, he just had to get out of his comfort zone. Who tells him one more week? You or Well, we don't producer? tell anybody anything. You just have to, you sit with them. And, you know, as producers, we're not just, you know, pushing buttons and, 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 <laughs> and you know, these people aren't robots. We're actually sitting with Hannah and we're talking through her emotions and talking through these people. And, and we're, we're really confidants and best friends as well as producers. It's sure. A, it's a really interesting line that we draw. 
And people say, well, you just cast the crazy people or you want to keep the crazy person. And really, it doesn't behoove us to do that. I think if you watch Colton Season, you know that's not true because none of his top four were particularly crazy. Yeah. No, it really, it really, what what helps us is you want to create a relationship. At the end, if, you, if you're just trying to keep all the crazy, that can all often be a cancer on the show and be disruptive and kind of screw up your end goal, which is to have this relationship. Right. Right. That That's... Uh... Interesting. So it's a very fine line. We have to be very careful as producers. You know, that's why we get really close to these people because you are really going through this emotional time with them while you're trying to entertain and create a show. Who had the hardest time making decisions at the rose ceremony? Ever? Yeah, ever. <sighs> um, you can name a few. I'm, I mean, I, I mean, Hannah, Becca, like you can go through. <laughs> they all do. You know, I, there's a lot of revisionist history. Yeah. When they get off the show, you, I mean, you just interviewed Nick. I'm sure Nick's the same way. It's like they get off the show and it's like, I guess thinking about your little league career. Sure. Uh, yeah, I hit 10 home runs in one game. It's like, well, no, no, you didn't. Um, so they all think about, you know, how great they were and how much power they had and how decisive they were. Yeah. Like, no, you weren't. And I knew it was her the minute she got out of the limo. Like, A lot of them do no, say, like, I knew the first night or whatever. Yeah. Maybe they were uh, on on the spectrum and they may, may, maybe they were on the radar. Sure. They weren't the one. Yeah. And I can honestly tell you, I won't out anybody because a lot of them are married now and have kids together. But a lot of them. There's weren't. no way Des was like, Chris, that's my guy. There's no. literally no way. He, he was barely on the show. Although I always liked him. And well, they that was happy. one of the craziest breakups. I mean, the, the, the guy she was really falling for. Brooks. Brooks broke up with her yeah. like a week before the proposal. Insane. We really thought that show was over. The weeping that happened was just insane. <laughs> we were, again, in St. Somewhere. We're on an island. And I had to go sit with her at the end of a dock. Yes, I distinctly remember it. It looked horribly awkward. She, it was so hot. <laughs> we, I just remember sitting in the sun. I, I also remember things for weird reasons. I remember my hottest moments. Um, and that was one of the hottest moments where I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, how long do you think she's going to cry? Because I have to sit here till is appropriate. And I'm just baking, just sweating. And now I'm crying. Um, Brad Womack, another one in South Africa, was one of the hottest days. <laughs> Ali Fedotowski's proposal with Roberto. Oh, yeah. That was in beautiful Tahiti, if uh, I Bora, recall Bora. correctly. Yeah. They made us hike up this mountain. Oh, my God. And so he got out of the water. A lot of them always seem really hot. It was hot. It was so hot. And, and Roberto is a sweater. Yes. He's I a big sweater. And so by the time we got to the top of the mountain, he was it was like someone dumped a bucket of water on him. Incredible. Incredible. Chris, thank you so much for coming. I could, is this it? I mean, I could pepper you with questions from a lot longer. I feel longer. like I got off so easy with you. I mean, you want to keep going? I just thought there was a lot. I just figured I would really get hammered by something. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to like ask you mean questions. Because maybe I'll come back. Hopefully I'll come back. <laughs> but, but also, I mean, is that an, you're a, as a host, you don't want to like be mean to someone. No, no, no. I like to ask the tough questions, but like. I think there's a great way to be. And I, that's the way I, and you're very good at what you do, which is Thanks. why I came here today. But, um, you know, I do the same way. You get, you got to walk that line. People talk about my role on the show and it is being, sometimes I'm the dad, sometimes you're the friend. You just have to read the room and you figure out like, how can I get what I need? And being so yeah, black, I mean, and, like, I'm not so black and white like I was when I was also, a young like, man. You mentioned you got divorced. Like, should I like hammer you on like how hard was it to go through the, beyond the, to be the host while you got divorced? And then yeah, people, it was rumors great. about you. And like, I mean, I don't right, know. I know. I've been there and done that. Yeah, I've, also I've, I've, like, yeah. what, are, what are you just gonna say? It's not true. Been the I don't, last, it's been the last eight years of my life. Yeah, I know. So what's the, what's the point? Exactly. Also like, 
I don't know. I just really, I care about work. I talk about this all the time on podcasts. It drives me crazy that these people don't have careers. I just like, <laughs> I'm just like, get a job. I think it's cool to have a job. It is cool to have a job. And I don't understand why. You should come talk to the people on our show. Oh my God. Actually, I do want to ask you about that. How do you feel about people coming on the show just to like launch a career as an Instagram influencer? I'm fine with it. You are? Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. Um, Am I going to sit here and say that everybody is 100% sincere for the reasons they're on the show? No, of course not. You know, I'm not that stupid. We had 30 guys on the show. Not all of them were there for the quote-unquote right reasons. But that, to me, is part of a, of what the show is. It's a microcosm of the show of, of, I mean, of dating. It's a microcosm of dating in the real world. Of And trust me, I I date, so I get it. You meet somebody. Are they using me for my money? Are they using sure. me for my fame? Do they do they want me to post things on Instagram? Do they, you know— Hope you know, Lauren's listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what uh we've already had these fights it's okay um but no it's like th that's the stuff that people really go through if hannah's meeting somebody you know is he just trying to you know sleep with her is he just trying to whatever so these are things you, you have, have to, to wonder answer. about guys no matter what of course and so that's the thing and so you know and, and to me like say it's the bachelor you know am i just going to go for the hot model right like you would here in la well, that comes with some issues because sure. probably good luck to you. Yeah, guys. good luck. Good yeah. luck on the depth of that. You yeah. know? So do you care? Are you just gonna go for the shallow, she's hot, or he's hot, or whatever. Look at his abs. What about someone like Demi, who is great TV, yeah. was good to have on the show, obviously was never gonna win, and now we'll have a long relatively, like yeah. I would say I give her three to five years in Bachelor Nation of like being a character. Yeah. Well, like, I are, don't, you, are you happy I to have her or well, are you annoyed? I don't begrudge anybody who goes after the show and and makes a career. You look at Jaden Tanner. I mean, I think their life is is created now by by what we've given them. Sure, um, Ashley and Jared. Yeah, Ashley and Jared. Evan and Nick, Carly. Evan and Carly. Ben Higgins, my beloved. Oh yeah, I mean, in Colton's life now, we-, we See how long that one We lasts. change their lives. Yeah. Um, and, you know, do I wish that they would remember that sometimes and be maybe a little <laughs> more grateful? Um, because they all get, you know, a year away, later and they're like, they think that, they're like showing up for a reunion, no thank you? Yeah, well, no. They just think that, you know, all of this is them now. Right. And, and also, it, and I bet everything comes with a price tag afterwards. And right. beforehand, they're just happy it's to be not. there. I mean, obviously, clearly, the only reason that you were on Dancing with the Stars, you were, it was like, we found you and we grabbed you out of, obs uh, yeah. of obscurity. But likewise, the reason I never begrudge anybody, we have also used them to a certain degree and we've created a show. Sure. I make a lot of money. I have had a great career for the last 17 years on the backs of these people. So right. if I can help them in any way, if they ever need advice, which I've given plenty over the years, if I can help promote, I don't, I will be the first guy in line. Uh, I think it's just mutual, mutual admiration. And if I could help them go forth and make money, I, I wish that more of them would not let this change their lives. Right. You know, and I, and I give that advice a lot, which is why I don't mind saying it publicly is, you know, after the show, let it enhance your life. Take advantage of some of the opportunities, but try to not let it burn too bright. Try not to let it change everything about you. I think uh, Becca's crop of guys, more than any Bachelor or Bachelorette season, seem to be living yeah. that motto the least. They well, seem to be just head first into and, the into And what this happens world. is that when it becomes a lifestyle, you're no longer just taking advantage of certain situations and profiting off of it, you know, in a, in a good way. It then becomes a lifestyle. When it becomes your lifestyle, it seems great for a brief moment. Because again, these people have never had celebrity. They've right. never had notoriety. They've never been known by anybody other than their family and a couple friends. Now, when Blake walks in a bar, 
people know who he is. When yeah. Nick Vial walks in a bar, people know who he is. There's only one reason. It's because they were on our show. Sure. We made them famous. We made them popular, which is fine, but that is really hard. And, and there's no book and there's no rules of how to guidelines on how to do that. And a lot of them get eaten alive and they, and they allow it to happen. It's on them. You got to make better decisions because when you make it your lifestyle, it becomes, it's like drugs. <laughs> it really is. It's like a drug addiction. It becomes very hollow yeah, and very empty. You're addicted to the attention yeah. too. In the highs, it, it becomes harder to get high in the low and in the, in the, in the highs don't last very long. Sure. And then there's the lows and the lows get deeper. And so it really is like an addiction. And, and for these people that are just tasting fame for the first time, and it's, it's exciting and I get it. And I don't, and again, I don't begrudge them for doing this. I just, I watch them and think, man, just be careful. That's yeah. my cautionary tale is be careful because when it becomes your lifestyle, it really can eat you up. They should move to the Valley like you. It's easier to avoid that way. I'm Valley adjacent. You're Valley adjacent. You're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm deep. <laughs> They're not hey, even in the heart of it. I mean, trust Colton, me, you don't see me around. Colton, Cassie, and Kaylin all live in the same building. That's crazy. That is bizarre. It's a bad idea. That is not a recipe for success, is I, it? No, I believe Colton will be the first to move out of that if I had to guess. See, and I, I would, I, I would see, say I didn't even here. know that. I see, I don't even know they all live together. Do you interact with these people outside of what we see on TV? Yes and no. Uh, You're friends with Brad Womack, aren't you? For, yeah, it's funny. I just got a text from Brad. Brad's one of the sweetest, most generous human beings we've we've ever had on the show. Um, ben Higgins, another one I talk to a lot. You know Ben. Love ben. Ben's a friend of mine. Uh, back to Andrew Firestone days. Bob wow. Guinea. Um, oh, Bob, he was a wild one. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of the women I, I text and we keep in touch a lot as well with advice. Just you know, some of them reach out and say hello. So and it just depends. And when I travel around, if I'm in a city where one of them are. I'll call them up and take them to dinner. That's like when I, every time I'd be in New York, there was sure. always, there was my New York crew, Ashley and JP and, uh, you know, Andy Dorfman's in New York now. I always see her when I'm in New York. She's, I've always liked Andy because again, she had a job. Yeah. She's, she's one of my dear friends. Um, Caitlin, one of my dear friends. Um, Jojo. I love Jojo. Another um, Dallas person. Dallas. I love my Dallas piece. Sure. I can, I can <laughs> tell. So you're really into the Mavs and the, um, yeah, Cowboys. Dallas. And the stars? Do you care about hockey? No, I didn't grow up with it, okay. to be honest. I grew up we I grew up with like minor league Dallas Blackhawks, the Chicago <laughs> Blackhawks like fourth, That's fifth funny. division down. So by the time we stole Minnesota, uh the North Stars, I it didn't mean anything to me. You're just over I mean, it. I was cool when Madonna won. I was like, great. But the next day I could have cared less. Wow. But if the Cowboys win, that changes my life. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope that happens for you then. It's been a while. It's been, been a hot minute. 23 years? It's been a years? hot minute. Yeah, it's been a little too long. Um, Chris, will you come back to discuss specifically Paradise? It's a whole other thing we didn't even it get to. It is a to. whole other thing. Yeah, we didn't even get close. I know, and I would, and I love Paradise. Will you come back? Yes. August-ish, July? Next time I need a haircut, because I'm actually, the reason I came <laughs> in today is I, I piggyback, I, I stack things when I come to LA, and, and so I'm Makes sense. Immediately going to get. You so, make it sound like you live like in Texas. Still. So in when I when I'm here. Soon enough. Soon enough. Uh, four weeks. Okay. I probably need another haircut. Okay, I'll come great. Back. <laughs> the, I can't and the wait. timing works out because we're we'll getting perfect. into. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about paradise then. Um, Chris, this was so much fun. Thank Thanks you for having so me. And I appreciate much. it. Yeah, it was great. Um, continue to watch. Uh, Chris on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I'll be back on Monday with Lauren Zima, in fact. Oh, boy. My next guest. Be gentle. I She does definitely can handle me better than I can handle her. And She uh, dodges better than I do. And once again, thank you to ABC TV, Watch Grand Hotel. Thank you to Drop. And of course, thank you to Cape Line 